Welcome to Category Visionaries, the show dedicated to exploring exciting visions for the future from the founders who are on the front lines building it. In each episode, we'll speak with a visionary founder who's building a new category or reimagining an existing one. We'll learn about the problem they solve, how their technology works, and unpack their vision for the future. I'm your host, Brett Stapper, CEO of Frontlines Media. Now let's dive right into today's episode. Hey, everyone, and thanks for listening. Today, I'm speaking with Daniel Sokolowski, CEO and founder of Warp, a middle mile freight platform that recently raised more than $2 million in funding. Daniel, thanks for chatting with me today. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for taking the time, bro. Yeah, so before we begin talking about what you're building at Warp, let's start with a quick summary of who you are and a bit more about your background. Yeah, so, you know, I'm kind of an entrepreneur since my childhood. Basically, I grew up, my parents were entrepreneurs as well. They had a career company based in Los Angeles that I grew up in. I was a big part of my life. Basically, went to college at Berkeley, wanted to study math, ended up doing food delivery marketplaces instead. <laughs> so I spent about a year and a half bootstrapping a food delivery marketplace, gave up on it once I realized that unit economics just don't work once you start having competition. <laughs> and in 2015, I started a company called Axel Hire, which initially was focused a lot about automating same-day delivery, being able to process a high volume of same-day delivery within a local area. And then in 2017, we pivoted into next day delivery. So that's where we started focusing a lot on bringing inventory in from out of state or out of one particular region, aggregating it at sortation centers in each region, and then going out and delivering it from that sortation center. And so was doing that from 2017. You know, we grew the business from zero to 60 million bucks in annualized revenue. And then uh, we put in a new CEO back in the beginning of last year in 2021. And I spent time as the president and was just trying to figure out, you know, what is the next opportunity? What are the next steps? And I realized that the middle mile market was ripe for disruption. It was in a very similar situation to where last mile was back in 2015. So I decided to leave and start working. Here we are speaking today. Very cool. And just for those who don't know, could you define the difference between first mile, middle mile and last mile? Yeah, absolutely. So it depends on how much you want to zoom out and what kind of supply chain that you're looking at on a micro level. First mile and a micro level being, let's say, doing something from Los Angeles to San Francisco, for instance, right? And so on that level, the first mile is picking up that freight within Los Angeles, taking it back to a crosstalk facility or back to a hub, right? Mm -hmm. And basically injecting that into the middle mile network. And middle mile is basically efficiently going and moving that freight from LA to San Francisco. And the final mile or last mile is delivering the freight from San Francisco to the place that it needs to go to. In some cases, pieces of this can get skipped, right? And so depending on how you optimize and depending on how you do it, you can do an aggregation of pickups in the LA area and go directly into San Francisco. So technically, that's first mile, middle mile, and last mile all in one truck. <laughs> you know, and so on a macro scale, when you start talking about global shipping and, you know, kind of the global supply chain, the first mile is really what's coming from manufacturers or from the beginning of the supply chain. It's aggregating pickups in China and the manufacturing regions over there and other countries of the world. It's bringing it over to the ports. And then usually there, everything from the port all the way down to when this reaches distribution centers or fulfillment centers can be considered middle mile. Well, what Warp participates in though specifically is domestic middle mile. So we go out and get, we can pick up freight from after drayage, we can pick up freight from a US-based distribution or fulfillment center, and then basically move it through the network to get it later downstream in the supply chain. 
And the very last piece of the supply chain that we move it to is the last facility that it goes to before it heads to the customers. So in the physical retail supply chain, where goods are moving from distribution centers to stores, right, grocery stores, convenience stores, places where you physically buy it at, we go out and do direct store delivery. So that's transporting it from these distribution centers to the stores. And in the e-commerce kind of supply chain, where goods are being shipped by regional carriers or national carriers like UPS, OnTrack, LaserShip, and AxelHire, basically the middle mile there is picking it up from the fulfillment center where that order is getting picked and packed and put into a box and bringing it over to the regional carriers or the national carriers hub for injection into their last mile network. And so basically, like in that kind of sense, first mile doesn't always occur, right? It's, mm-hmm. it's middle mile and last mile always does that. Got it. And why do you think so much attention is placed on first mile, last mile? You know, I seem to see that in the media all the time, but I hadn't really heard of middle mile until I heard about you guys. So why do you think that is? Because those are the pieces that touch the most amount of people, right? Like typically the last mile is, you know, delivery to people's homes, deliveries to people's houses, right? Dropping it off there. And so that's where like a huge amount of consumers, people who are posting online, investors, everybody's receiving something last mile, right? And from a returns perspective, which is also part of first mile, right? A lot of people have to do returns. And so like in the logistics industry, what I've seen is problems have been solved, kind of the things that are most consumer facing and the most accessible to consumers have been fixed first. And now we're kind of seeing the downstream go from there. You know, if you really want to think about like freight tech and logistics tech and stuff like that, on-demand delivery is also part of logistics technology. You know, a lot of technology built by on-demand companies and those kind of delivery companies was focused a lot more on being able to scale the logistics side of it, as well as the customer demand side of it. Makes sense. And it sounds like you've spent your career really, you know, in this logistics tech space. You know, what is it about logistics that excites you so much? I like problem solving. You know, like I said, I was really involved in my parents' business when I was growing up. But the part for me that was always the funnest aspect is getting dealt a challenge. And those challenges being, hey, a customer just put in a request for a new delivery. Or all of a sudden, the customer request changed from one delivery to 200 deliveries, you know? And Mm -hmm. being able to figure out both from like a how do we actually perform this, then to actually being able to get the people to perform that, I always found very, very fun and and challenging. And that's what I really enjoy. And so going to Berkeley, being in Silicon Valley, understanding how technology and how building your own technology can have an impact to this. Basically, I learned, you know, very well about how do you go out and make people do what they do best, right? Which is going out, speaking to others, engaging with others, fixing problems that a system can't fix. And how do you keep 80, 90, 99% of the work on the system side where it thinks about the same repetitive tasks every single day? Got it. Very cool. Now, let's say I'm you know, a potential customer. You know, What's the pitch? You know, What are you communicating to me as you know, the value prop? And you know, how are you communicating those benefits and really the problem that you're solving for me? I think the pitch for you know almost any freight tech or logistics tech company out there is better, faster, cheaper, right? We're mm-hmm. able to go out and provide people a great quality of service at faster speeds if they need it, at lower prices if they need them, right? And we're really able to help shippers to optimize their freight in addition to optimizing their freight spend and get the results that they're looking for in a way without having to think about it. So we're really able to remove a lot of the headache with middle mile and with having to plan out the middle mile. Interesting. And how big of an opportunity is this to you know, solve this middle mile problem? 
Well, it depends, you know, on how you look at it. I think just domestically, what we feel like is the middle mile market is about $160 billion. So it's, you know, huge opportunity in this space. You know, the middle mile is a big function of how goods are moving to flow into consumers' hands. And so that's why it's a big market. If you expand this out and start thinking about things on a global level, this obviously grows into the trillions of dollars. Very cool. And you launched in November 2021, I believe. Uh, How much traction have you seen so far? Any tangible numbers that you can share? I don't want to share too much. You know, we're currently fundraising and all this kind of different stuff. So don't want to put too much out there. But we've been growing fast. So we've been able to go out and since January, which is really the first month that we had, you know, a viable business, right? Like we spent the first two months going out and getting things together, talking to initial customers. But from January to now, we've more than 10 times, you know, growth. We're going out and servicing about 20 to 40 shippers. And I'll give a range (laughs) so that nobody (laughs) to take a guess in between there, you know, Um, (laughs) basically working with 20 to 40 different shippers and, um, you know, really able to take on like decent amounts of their supply chain and are Mm -hmm. able to go out and help them save, you know, hundreds of thousands of maybe at this point, millions of dollars on their shipping. And so I think that's where the majority of this is coming from. What we're seeing a lot of is that, you know, with what's happening currently in the economy and what's going out in the market today, we're seeing a lot of shippers start looking at ways to optimize their freight, right? How do they move full truckload shipments over to less than load? How can they do multi-stop routing? How can they go out and do other methods of physical or digital consolidation? And so Mm -hmm. what we're seeing there is that, you know, Warp is becoming, you know, I wouldn't call it a, a household name. But I call it definitely a warehouse name. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. And if we zoom out into the future, what will the future of middle mile freight look like? And what role will your company play in shaping that future? I think the future of just freight in general is full connection, right? And I think this all kind of started with FedEx and UPS and, you know, people trying to basically figure out ways to not have to use FedEx and UPS and how to build networks around that. And so if you think about them, these companies are basically able to provide you end-to-end services across the country, across the world, right? You give a package to UPS here in LA and I can get it to somebody in Rio de Janeiro, you know, with no problem, except the one problem is it's super expensive, right? Mm -hmm. And so... In the enterprise space with people who are shipping high volumes, what people have been trying to do is gain economies of scale by leveraging other options, right? And so in many cases, large, sophisticated shippers that are looking to save money on their shipping have basically had to go to a lot of different providers in different countries for different use cases, for different modes of shipping, for different transit options and all these kind of different things. And that's why it's been a very, very fragmented space. Right. And so I think what's happening right now, and it's probably continuing to happen over the next 10 to 20 years, is basically a defragmentation of the industry, right? Where these things are becoming a lot more connected. We're seeing a lot more visibility. We're seeing a lot more transparency. And because of that, shippers by themselves can have options in terms of, you know, what cost that they want to pay, what speed do they want to get. And this technology is able to go out and power dynamic decision making that's actually helped make this possible. Right. Because right now, what I have to do if I want to save money on middle mile without the warp technology is I'll have to go out, call up a number of mom and pop providers, organize with crosstalk companies, organize with carriers, see if somebody has a cargo van instead of a box truck or a box truck instead of a 53 footer, and then figure out how to do that. And then guess what? I have to wake up in the morning tomorrow and do the exact same thing all over again. (laughs) You know, and so. What we've done with Warp has really been able to take that kind of decision-making and take that planning, take that analysis, and layer our optimization capabilities on top of that to, again, optimize our shippers' freight and be able to help them save money 
and increase speed when necessary. Wow. Very cool. Amazing. Well, I think that's all we're going to have time for today. If people want to follow along with your journey as you continue to build this company up, where should they go? They can follow us on LinkedIn. We're just Warp on LinkedIn, or they can go on our website, wearewarp.com. Amazing. Well, thanks so much, Daniel. I really appreciate it and wish you the best of luck in executing on this vision. All right. Thank you very much, Brett. All right. Keep in touch. 